Oh my God, we're back again, 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 again. <laughs> Is that the Backstreet Boys again? Yeah, that's oh, right. Except okay. that was why I repeated the again. Oh. Um, how can you not see this glitter, Glenda? <laughs> I am like, I feel like I'm like dripping in it. You're not. I mean, I can see it, but you know, can you ever have too much glitter? I know, but you can, can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. I mean, because like, I'm but it's looking... not like my it's not like my be wet be or uh, get wet be perfect glitter highlighter. I mean, I can definitely see some glitter on yours. Mine transfers. <laughs> mine does not. Now I'm just like covered in like mine is. I like the fact that mine transfers because then that way, kind of you... like I marked my territory. Okay, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Welcome to my home. You mean my home? It's neither of our homes. But it is our podcast. Glitter and Gay. Coming your way. So thanks for tuning in today. today. Oh my God, I have a hilarious story. Oh, let's hear it. Are you deciding whether or not you're allowed to tell it? I can't. I, I don't think I can, to be honest with you. Okay. I just can't. I just, I just, um... I, I, I bet our audience loves to hear when there's a hilarious story that they can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> well... So I, I. You can't make it anonymous. You can't anonymize it. I can. I think. Well, let's let me try it and let's see where if I can finish it. <laughs> I'll start it and if I figure out that I'm gonna get too deep into it and it might um, reveal the identities. Reveal the identity of the parties. Then um, maybe I'll I'll stop. But anyway, so um, there was some glitter transfer onto someone, and they were in a business meeting the next day, and uh, they're in this, you know, one-on-one, in per- or not one-on-one, they're in a group, and they're sitting across from someone, and they're in this very intense conversation, and all of a sudden... She says to the person, do you have glitter on your face? (laughs) And it becomes like this standing joke. And, um, and to me, like, I, I don't realize it because I wear it every day. I love it so much. My grandma name is glitter. My grandson thinks it's funny. You know, everybody who knows me, it's kind of, it's almost like the stars. It's almost like the sequins that it's just kind of comes with me. And so, but it was funny because, um, it just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, she leaves a trail of glitter behind her. (laughs) (laughs) But let's go with the, uh, get wet, be perfect glitter highlighter. Uh, transfers. So if you don't want anybody to know that uh, you have been with somebody, then you probably don't want to use it. <laughs> Got it. Anyway. Well, I'm using the uh, uh, Fenty, Rihanna's Diamond Veil. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, I don't know. You know, I've been on like a little bit of like a cosmetic kick. Not a little bit, a lot of it. Yeah, I, a lot of it. I, I mean, I have spent an arm and a leg. It's on, expensive. On mainly things that I haven't enjoyed. Um, you know, so I've kind of like right. narrowed it down to like the products that I feel really handsome in. Right. And as the makeup journey progressed, I it started with, I was like, I want like an all natural men's makeup look. Uh-huh. I saw a bunch of YouTube videos on mm-hmm. it. And I was like, oh, I was like, that looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and it doesn't look like they're wearing makeup. And so I started recreating those. And it was funny because I'd put on the makeup and then I would go out and every single person that I was having a conversation with, I'd be like, question, can you tell I'm wearing makeup right now? <laughs> and you asked me that too. I know. The first time. And you know, most of the people were like, no, oh my God, no. We just thought, you know, whatever. And then, um, well, you have amazing skin to start with. Well, I'm lucky. Yeah. And, but then, then I started getting a little bit, I was like, well now maybe I want people to tell I'm wearing makeup. I was like, so I would go like with like a mainly natural look and then I would do like some sort of flair on it. And then I started really getting obsessed with all these sort of things to try. So, I, um, I'm looking at, my hands are covered in glitter right I now. I love it. I mean, <laughs> I love it. So can I tell you something? What? So I am in a Facebook group 
and somebody talked about that there was a study that you could tell if a man was a narcissist based on his eyebrows. Really? Yes. On how manicured they are? On how bold they are. Interesting. Yeah. Because yesterday when I came out of the bathroom, <laughs> I actually, now I don't, now I don't, I, I've gotten so comfortable with makeup over the last few months yeah. that I don't ask people for their opinions because yeah. I'm, I've like, I've gotten pretty good at it. And yeah, so like, looks great. But yesterday when I came out, I tried something new and yeah. I was like, I don't think I love it. It looked a little too makeup-y. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I came out and I was like, I was like, I don't I said, I looked in the mirror in the kitchen and I was like, ugh. I was like, I tried something new with my makeup today. I was trying to recreate something I did the other day. I was like, I don't like how it turned out. And you looked at it and you said, well, I actually quite like it. You just went really bold with the eyebrows. So this is hilarious. I had not heard that before I said that to you. Well, so, so I had not heard the, about the eyebrow narcissism. When I said that to you, so I found that I saw it last night in this Facebook group that I follow. Well, I want the audience to know that my eyebrows are the only thing on my body that I do not manicure. I do not touch. I don't wax. I don't do but anything. I don't, I don't think that they're, I'm not saying that. And I don't think that they're bold. Like I would never, ever say that they like stood out or anything. But yesterday, when you had on whatever you had on yesterday, it made your eyebrows stand out more. Oh, I thought you thought that I had like been penciling them and like making them bushier. No, 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 no. And, like, what I was mm. saying was like the whatever you did, the contrast in the makeup made your eyebrows look bolder. Got it. Yeah. Because. No, 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 no. And I didn't read that article until after I made that statement, which was kind of weird because that that comment was just posted last night and it was posted about something else about something else, which I don't want to talk about, but it was posted about something else. Well, I have to tell you when I, so I saw this, uh, this Rihanna product, I was at like a Sephora and I was like, Oh, that might be kind of fun for like a going out or like an event to give myself like a little, like I love Rihanna. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so the, first place I wore it was to dinner with my friend Christina yeah and as soon as I walked she was like you look amazing she's like and and she's actually not one to typically like gush over things like that right she's like you look amazing and she was like in the glitter she's like it's not even like strange on you she's like it looks really appropriate on you yeah it looks shimmery that's the word I was looking for not glistening because glistening is like sweat yeah it looks shimmery well then I go to um uh, I go, I'm meeting up with like a friend that I reconnected with here. I told you that story yesterday. Yes. It's a wild story, Yes. but I'm meeting up with him and we go to this, uh, horse charity event together. And, and so I like covered only my, so I was wearing, this was before the injury. And so I was wearing like a button up shirt, but you know, low buttons tits out. <laughs> and, and so I did it all over my chest only. Right. And, um, and everywhere we, we walked in, I think he saw it right away. And I think he was a little like, what the fuck? <laughs> but then when we, when we walked in, I couldn't take two steps without people being like, your chest looks amazing with the glitter on it. And, and I was loving it. And he eventually, he was like, wow. He was like, you're right. He was like, people, he's like, I was like, it's a conversation starter. And he was like, it started every conversation tonight. So then the following night, I went to that David Yerman event right. and, um, and I was so, and then I was like, well, if ever there was a place to dust yourself in glitter and I go there, um, completely, completely dusted out in this glitter veil that I've like over the last few days become obsessed with. And, um, and I'm like walking around and nobody is saying a thing about the glitter. It's the first time I put it on that nobody's like saying anything to a point where I was like, do I not have any on? Like, is it not? Did I forget it? Like, like, and so finally I was like having a conversation with a guy who was working the event. And I said, can I ask you a question? <laughs> Going back to my, <laughs> does it look like I'm wearing makeup? No. And, um, and I was like, can you, I was like, can you see the glitter on my chest? And he said, it'd be impossible not to just like deadpan straight. And I was like, 
oh, so people can see it. I was like, and this audience thinks it's a little strange. I was like, here we are trying on like <laughs> blingy ass jewelry. And um, <clears throat> anyway, so that's the topic of today's episode. It's a glitter. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I th- so it kind of, let's, let's segue it or let me try and segue it. So I think personally, mm-hmm. That and I know this is for myself. I I do things that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I do my hair a certain way. I do my makeup a certain way. I dress a certain way, and you know, I think that probably some people would say, "Oh, she's an attention whore. She's just trying to get attention. That's why she does that." And I would tell you right now, I I wear my stars because I feel good. Right. I wear my jewelry because I feel good. I wear my makeup because I feel good. I wear my hair big because I feel good. That is how I feel like me. Like I, you know, it's so funny. Um, I said to somebody, I said, do you like, do you like my outfit? You know, I was trying to get some feedback. Like, Mm -hmm. do you think I should wear this or do you think I should wear this? And he said to me, he goes, he goes, I don't care what you wear. He goes, you look beautiful no matter what. You have an amazing sense of style. All I care about is that you feel good when you walk out the door. So whatever works for you works for me. And I was like, wow, that's a statement and a half. And I mean, that's who you need to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ. There's so many stories I could ricochet off of that shit. But anyway, um, and, and, and he said to me, don't dress for me, dress for you. And I think that that's such a, a reminder, such a lesson. Like, who gives a shit what anybody thinks? Because I'm living this life for me. And... You know, I remember just being paralyzed, thinking, um, you know, if I can't make this marriage work, like, what are people going to think about me? Like, I'm the common denominator. (coughs) Excuse me. If I can't make this brokerage work, what are people going to think about me? I'm the common denominator. And I got to thinking about my girlfriend who is in a marriage and she is absolutely miserable. And she's afraid to leave because what people would think. Mm -hmm. She's afraid to leave because... What if nobody wants her? She is afraid to leave because what if the grass isn't greener on the other side? I feel like I'm having that conversation with five dear friends right now. Yeah. And this is the thing. And, 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 I, and I think to myself, like, what's better that you stayed and you lived miserable like does does that say that you're more of a person because you stayed and you were miserable or does it say more about you that you left you had the balls to leave and that to me like who cares like who cares that you stayed and you were miserable who cares if i think that that's right or wrong who cares if i left and you think that's horrible who cares if i'm right or wrong because the only person i'm living this life for is me. I did watch, this was last night, by the way, when I was going to sleep, I was like scrolling through TikTok. I sent you a couple Mm -hmm. and, but there was one I didn't send you that it was like a really interesting point of view. And, uh, and as the girl was saying it, I want to say, because I can't remember who it was, but it was a celebrity. I could tell by the way she was saying it, that she was like, I'm also not convinced of this. This is just a thought that I've had a few times, which is, um, people who stay in relationships and why they stay in relationships and what monogamy 
how how did the world come to monogamy and like you like your one forever love yeah and and she was like you know back in the old days with like the royal princes she was like uh, she was like the kings and the princes were not supposed to stay monogamous she was like they could have their mistresses and it was socially accepted she was like it was the women who were supposed to stay monogamous to the man and uh and she was like so i do feel like there was it kind of was rooted in controlling a woman's life and and now it's like interesting like because when you say that and I, i was just kind of food for thought for me i wasn't really like i fully agree with that because then I'm also there's like a beautiful love thing about like monogamy and like falling in love and finding your forever person and, and ri- riding out <clears throat> the storms yeah and riding out the storms yeah, I mean, yeah there's this, beautiful, this, this right. is the thing is like it's all not sunshine and sparkles right like we like I totally get like you know there's going to be rough patches in any relationship mm-hmm. romantic relationships friendships whatever and the ability to ride that out is just get you from from get you through it and and it does i mean i think about my grandparents i think about i think about so many marriages i I have a girlfriend that i play tennis with and she is so in love with her husband and her husband lights up like a light bulb when he looks at her they were college sweethearts they've got three kids they're now empty nesters and I mean, I look at her and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Of course, they've had rough patches in their marriage mm-hmm. that they've weathered, like any and everybody. But she hasn't lived, you know, 10 years, 15 years miserable. Right. To, that's not a rough patch. That's a rough life. Totally. And have you experienced those magical moments that make the rough patches? You're like, I need to work back to the magic, right? You need to know what you're working back towards. Like if you haven't experienced it, that's why like in early relationships with people, like whenever I'm just dating and they start to do things that are annoying. If I, I do think about it, I was like, oh, if I was in like a relationship with this person and they were doing it. And I was like crazy about him. I was like, we could argue about this and I could get over it. I'm like, but we don't have enough. I'm not excited about enough other things about you yet for me to be like, I'm in, you know? Um, <laughs> Victoria said to me, I was, I went out with this guy and uh, he didn't like basketball. Mm. And Victoria goes, are you just going to sweep that under the rug? Or are you just going to put a stop to this right now? And um, she goes, because remember when you were dating and she said his, his name. And she's remembering you were dating him. She's like, you just overlooked that shit. And then you got stuck with it for 15 years. And, <laughs> like, and she goes, and it got worse. And and she was so right. The fact that he, I mean, I still remember when we were dating, he watched news television all of the time. And in my head, I was like, oh, well, that's because he's like really smart. And... <laughs> You know, he's really up, he's really up on the news and, you know, I'm not, I'm not smart like him. I'm not college educated like him. I'm not, uh, what's that other thing? Uh, advanced degree like him, you know, I don't have a master's, you know, obviously the smart people watch that stuff. And I, I, like, I, like I can literally see him sitting at his desk in his house watching CNN and I can literally remember the thought that went through my head, like, oh, okay, that he just does that because he's really smart. Fast forward 15 years, and my three televisions that I have put up to watch sports, he has on CNN, NC, uh, MSNBC, and Fox News 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm literally ready to, like, pull my hair out. It's so bad. Like I'm literally stuck in my bedroom anytime that I'm at home because that shit is on the television. Mm. And, and Victoria was right because that should have immediately. But you know, I think that, I think that part of the problem with me is that I romanticize the potential and ignore the red flags of reality in a relationship. I just do. And, or I used to, I think that being self-aware and knowing, knowing what works for you, knowing how to, recover from you know mental warfare emotional warfare physical warfare knowing how to keep yourself strong i think is critical 
See, I brought us back around. You, you totally did. See, that was I, actually I I, that was where I always thought we were going. I knew I was going somewhere, but you know, I got off on that tangent, and I know why. But I'll be quiet now. You go ahead. Well, so, it's not like you didn't talk the entire time during episode number one. But anyway, well, you go yeah, ahead. because your life has been sunshine and lollipops. <laughs> um, you know, when I, uh, I think a lot of people struggle with mental health, and for me. I would say I'm very blessed in the mental health department, you know, but twice a year, almost every year, I fall into a funk. They usually last a week or two and I can almost set a clock by them. And it's very strange because I, I know when they're happening. I, when I'm in it, I have that self-awareness that you're talking about. I'm like, okay. And, and I know what I need to do to get out of it. And I, I've like watched videos. I hear people talk about depression. And this is like the message that I hear all the time is like, I know how to get out of this, but when I'm in it, taking that step to get out of it feels impossible. Yeah, 100%. That has never uh, been the case for me. Usually I'm in it for like a week. I know what's going on. I know what I need to do. And then I quickly, I do have a recipe to to get back on track pretty quickly and it's i have to relate it to like whatever i'm worried about or whatever i'm feeling um and i know that like for me waking up early and having a great morning routine is probably the most underestimated thing that that i think people can do because it sounds so hokey and like those first two hours can really completely set the tone for the day 100% what you put in and that what you put in when you first wake up when you first open your eyes that literally sets the stage for your day oh yeah and if you are putting negative things into your head it just I think to me it just creates this domino effect of the day yeah and and for me it's sometimes it wasn't because I'm like okay I'm not waking up and being like I'm worthless I don't like myself you know today's gonna suck it's like I'm allowing myself to sleep until the last possible minute that I don't need to be asleep you know and then I'm like pulling myself together so I can be on zoom meetings or so that I can run out to the gym or so that I can uh whatever obligation I have first and if I'm just like barely getting there I'm not really showing up present. I'm kind of behind the rest of the day and I'm not staying present throughout the day. And then it's much easier to live in like the self-pity, the shame, the wallowing, because I didn't do anything to, to set a different tone than what I was in the day before. And so usually pretty quickly in my morning routine, the most important ingredient to it is working out. You know, and so like I like to do a few things before before I go to the gym and then I go to the gym and having like a big physical moment early in the day for me is is really important key ingredient and obviously i can't work out for the next two months and so i think this time when all of this started to happen i was like no routine's gonna help me now you know what i mean because like i'm the the thing that has always saved me the thing that's like always pulled me out i am physically not capable of doing right now and so I quickly underestimated everything else. And, and I got to be honest, you know, I had, as I was getting repeatedly kicked down before I actually got kicked down, um, but just like life throwing me things, I was kind of like, it doesn't matter what I do this morning because life has it out for me right now. Like every, every day I wake up to a shit show and, um, and have you heard that? So I think it's like a religious story and I'm totally going to botch it. But there's like a flood and a town and this guy is um, uh, on his roof and the water is coming up and the water's coming up. And right as the water starts to rise, a, uh, he goes straight to his roof and like a police car comes by and is like, hey, come with us. We can help you. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, God's going to save me. And then um, the water gets higher and higher and somebody comes by in a boat and they're like, get in the boat. Come with us. And he's like, no, no, no. God's going to save me. Water gets higher and higher. Helicopter comes by and they're like, come with us. You're going to die. And he's like, no, he's like, God's going to save me. And uh, and he turns away the help and he dies. And, you know, and, and he's praying and he, you know, and then he sees God. And he's like, I thought you were going to save me. And he's like, I sent a cop. I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. 
and you just wouldn't accept it. And, you know, and that's kind of like where I was. <laughs> I'll start with like, because there's a really funny story in here that I started to tell you last night at dinner. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to have to tell you this over, um, over a little podcast session. And it's kind of TMI, but it's also really funny. So I, one thing I struggle with is when I'm not in a good place, asking for help is is hard for me not because I don't think people are there for me I know I've got amazing people around me I don't like to show people that side of me Mm -hmm. you know I don't like people to see me wounded I am genuinely a very positive person I like having fun I like having you know inspiring conversations and when I'm not in that place I don't like being seen I don't, I don't like people to experience me. It's too up close and personal. And I don't want people to see the weak side of me because I present as a warrior. And I don't want you to see anything but the fucking warrior. And I'm very lonely down here. It's been a big part of why I'm sad. You know, outside of everything that's going on is I don't have a community here. <laughs> and I don't have people to hang out with all the time. And... Um, and Last time you were here, we go to dinner with a bunch of real estate agents. And actually, they weren't, because Lydia was there too. Um, yeah, really was, just like supporters. Yeah. And, um, and, so, and it was so much fun. And I sit next. Sparklers. The sparklers. And mm-hmm. I sit next to Erica Wolf, who is a real estate agent in Jupiter, Florida. Actually, you didn't sit next to her. I you, did. No, you didn't. I definitely did. Uh, no, you didn't. Why do you say this so confidently? Um, because I have a photographic memory. So it was Lydia, you, me, Erica, Claudia. Claudia, if you're listening to this, please confirm. Uh, Erica, if you are listening to this, please confirm. I have the exact same memory of the setup, except you and Erica flipped. Mm-mm. Nope. Um... Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sending her a text right now. <laughs> okay. I've got to. I've got to know that All right. I'm right. Well, at some point, I, I it doesn't never, matter. You, Whatever. You had met everybody but Lydia. Lydia was yeah. the only one I knew ahead of time, and um, and so, but at some point, I get caught up in a really great conversation with Erica. We hit it off, and she was the only one who lives like down here. Down here, like I mean, they all live somewhat locally but most of them drove like over an hour i think jupiter's like 15 or 20 minutes from here right and over that dinner erica i told erica i was like i'm a little bored to be honest i was like i'm not having that much fun my Uh horse is out of commission i don't know anybody i was like i'm just kind of like working and then going to bed and and she was like oh my god hang out with me and she's like i've got a boat she's like i know she's like i'm born and raised here i know everybody and everything so generous and in my head I'm already like I'm like nodding yes mentally saying no No. thank you (laughs) you know (laughs) which is so weird because it's what I know I want like I know I want connection right and yet I'm just like so in the funkaroo of you don't get to see me like this that I'm not going to accept it and Erica is amazing you know she's she's got kids she's got a life she's got a huge business down here and is still making all sorts of effort to make time for me. Yeah. And she keeps she keeps reaching out and she was like, let's go out on the boat. I'm like, no, thank you. I've got this this weekend. I've got that this weekend. And I never lied to her, but I made zero efforts. Right. And um, and so finally she she reached out about wanting to hang out that Sunday. And and I had planned Sunday to go to bingo. Uh, and there's bingo at the colony on Sunday nights and it's actually so much fun. It's like the one thing that I do that's not horse related. Um, so, um, so I make the plans with her and I was like, that'll be fun. I was like, we can go play bingo. It'll be social. I was like, and in my head I was like, it's also kind of like a little bit of a self protection because right, I'm not there's gonna, a buffer. There's I'm not one on one with her. Right, where I'm going to have to open up and be real yeah. and just be like, I'm not fucking well right now. Right. It's like, we're playing a game. We're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. We're going to eat some food. And then I can come back home and wallow in my shame. Right. <laughs> and 
So Sunday rolls around. You have to keep in mind, I've, I'm not exaggerating. She's probably made 10 attempts to hang out with me at this point. So Sunday rolls around. I'm actually having a really good day that day. I like started to pull myself out of my funk. I think this is when I had two horses and was in working order. Yeah. So this is a recent. Yeah. (laughs) So I go to the horse show, have a great day, come home. Uh, It's still sunny out. It's early enough in the day. I put on my bathing suit and I'm laying by the pool and all of a sudden I start to get real sick. And I was like, Huh. And I never, I, I don't get sick that often. I haven't been sick in like over a year. And, and I was like, huh, I was like, this is like, a, I was like, and this is coming on quick and strong. And so I go to my bedroom and I just like lay down and she and I were meeting at six. And at this point it's like three and, and I'm like, huh, okay. And so and nothing's like nothing's coming up or out or anything. I'm just like sitting there and um and I was like, this is gonna pass. I was like, this is just like extreme nausea that came out of nowhere. I was like, this is gonna pass. And at four o'clock, I start exploding. <laughs> I mean, it's just We got it. We got it, right? Yeah. And and everybody's been sick. Yeah. And you know, right after you explode, you feel better again. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, okay. I was like, that's all I needed. I'm yeah. good. Ten minutes later, it starts. You feel it start to build back up. Uh-huh. And uh, did she text you back? She did. Did she confirm? You and he was next to you. God damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, is that is that Erica or Claudia? It's Erica. Okay. Tell her we're talking about her. <laughs> um, and so we, um, I send her a text. Uh huh. Because it starts to build up again, another uh-huh. explosion, and then I feel fine again. Okay. And um, and then in my head, I was like, I properly need to cancel on this woman. Yeah. I was like, and I'm ne- I, I'm gonna look like such a dick right. canceling an hour before we're supposed to be getting together after all the failed attempts at hanging out. And so I send an exploratory text message. <laughs> And it's vague because I was like, hey, I was like, um, I was like, just checking in. I was like, I, I was like, I'm having some tummy issues. I was like, but I think I'm going to be OK to make it. I was like, just wanted. And she was like, great, because I just left and I'm so excited to hang out. And you're <laughs> and like, Fuck. I know. And I was like, OK, I was like, then hang out. We shall. And the place where bingo is is like 10 minutes away from me. And. And this is just happening on repeat. And every single time I explode, I'm like, I'm going to be fine now. I was like, I'm going to be good. And I get to the colony where Bingo is. And um, and the second I get there, it, the car ride over, there was it, it was not going well. And so I like make a 50-yard dash to the bathroom, go and I'm sat. And she texts me that she's stuck in traffic because there was a car accident and she's going to be like 20 minutes late. And in those 20 minutes, I'm basically like living in the bathroom. And now it has gone from like, I, I'm like, oh, I'm super not well. And so she gets there right away. I have to tell her, I was like, just so you know, I was like, I'm really sick. And, um, and we sit there, we just like, and I'm trying to bear it. I have to leave to go to the bathroom like four times in the amount of an hour with her. And, uh, and fucking Erica is like the better call Saul of South Florida because she was like, what? She's like, what are your symptoms? And I was like, I can't tell you. <laughs> I was like, it's private. <laughs> and, um, and she was like, okay. She was like, I'm calling my person. They're going to call you in a prescription. And then we like look and it's Sunday night and all the pharmacies are closed. And so there was nowhere for me to get it. And finally, after like she would get like five minutes into uh, you know something that she's working on or like going through, and 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 I was really enjoying it, but I looked, I know I looked miserable, and I'm like barely engaging with her. I've got like one eye like half open, and like um, she orders a charcuterie plate, and like whatever came, I was like, where are you? We're at the the colony. It's like a. It's, oh, it's, you're still at Bingo? Yeah, we're still at Bingo. And, um, and I remember I was just like, I was like, this is not good. And finally, after the last time I go to the bathroom, I came back and she was like, if you need to leave, it's okay. 
And I was, I looked at her, I was like, I have to leave. I was like, I absolutely have to leave. And I felt so bad. I left her with the check, with the food, with everything. Because the food had just come. And like, and I never felt, and when I tell you I came home and felt like such a garbage human, only because I was sick. Now I feel like I've let somebody else down. I feel like I've let them there. Um, it was a 24 hour bug. I was pretty much like fine the next day. And um, and I remember even like, anyway, so that was just like a funny side note, but it was the first time that like, there, there's been so many people who want to hang out. Lydia wants to hang out every single day. And, um, you know, you've offered to fly down, um, every, the, the opportunities have been there and I can literally get from Atlanta to Palm beach faster than I can get from Miami to Palm beach. Mm-hmm. Do, no, you, you, really do you realize that? No, you really can't. I am an hour and 15 minutes away. It yeah. is easy peasy lemon squeezy. And even if it wasn't, it wouldn't matter to me if it was five hours or 10 hours, I would still come. But I think Tyler, that what this exemplifies is we're all afraid to call for help. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of reasons because you're watching everybody else's highlight reel on social media. Mm-hmm. Every time that you look around, everything that you see on the outside is so much better than you're doing. Like you're, especially for you, you're at this super high level of your career, of business, of friends. I mean, you're on television. Like, like you're a cele- you are a celebrity. Like I love it when you say that. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> like you are a celebrity. And and if anybody is living immersed in a world where you're thinking that everybody else is better than you mentally I can't imagine or doing better maybe not not better than you but doing better I can't imagine the mind fuck that really is mm-hmm. and when you're in that funk that's all you see because mm-hmm. what you focus on expands and and, totally. I, and I'm terrible and everybody else is better and that's what that's the the glasses that's the view that you're seeing that's your vantage point and so it's so difficult especially in today's day and time because you're surrounded by this social media of highlight reel and it goes back to everybody in your circle isn't in your corner the people in your circle are there for the hype they're there for when it's amazing. The people in your corner. And, and I have to tell you, of all the things I've learned in the last five years, it is how to identify my true friends. Mm-hmm. The people that are going to hold my hair back when I throw up, that if I'm about to get run over by a bus, they're willing to stick their arm out and pull me. Right. And... You just, in my head, having that corner is so critical. Number one, for your survival. But number two, for your overall health. Mm -hmm. Because these are people that are going to cheer you on, celebrate you no matter what. And I think that what happens is, is that you are under so much pressure to... Be perfect to be Tyler Whitman, the celebrity that you almost get, um, you almost forget that you're not that mm-hmm. you, you really are just Tyler. And while I love, I love like to me, like I, I, I like, oh my gosh, my friend Tyler, you know, <laughs> But to me, my giddiness, my friend Tyler, is you, the person I really get to see. Because it reminds me 
you don't have to be perfect. And it's it's the imperfections that I love. Mm. It's the imperfections that people relate to. Think about think about how many messages we've gotten about our sobriety. Failed relationships. Our real estate ups and downs. We've gotten more engagement by sharing our vulnerabilities and imperfections than we would have ever got if we talked about, <laughs> I'm Glenda Baker, TikTok Glenda. Right. Like, that. that's not what, people come for the story, they stay for the character. Mm-hmm. And me and you, we're real people. I totally agree with that. And it's also, it's like funny because my engagement, the more I'm like hyping myself up and I'm like, look at this big sale I just closed. Look at this big thing that's happening in my life. Engagement plummets. Yeah. You know, I show a, um, a a before picture, all of a sudden I'm relatable. Yeah. You know, people are like, I want to be part of that. And you're right. The messages that I get from the podcast are um, either something that gave somebody a belly laugh or just like, oh, I needed that. Like, me too. The And <clears throat> and this has just been on, like, on my mind the last few days as I've kind of just been, like, reflecting on everything that I've been through. You know, growing up obese, I fantasized about being on the other side of obesity. You know, I fantasized about what my life might be like if, like, one day I didn't weigh 400 pounds. And that fantasy felt exactly like the word I'm using, a fantasy, because I didn't think that that life was going to happen for me. You know, I failed at it so many times. I've, you know, any diet you can think of, I've tried it, including like the HCG pregnancy hormone diet. Like I've, I've literally done them all and um, lost weight on all of them, you know, and then you fall off the diet, you gain the weight back. That's that's life. And, but just, I remember just feeling like so defeated and every single time I would get like a little taste of success and weight loss, you know, I would like start a diet, the scale would reflect back a number that I was like, it's working. And then, and I would live in that fantasy land. I would be like, this is, and I was like, this is going to be the one I'm going to lose the weight. And this is what's going to happen in my life. And then it wouldn't. And I had all these expectations around life after weight loss, life after weight loss. And, you know, and then I got to the other side of weight loss and it wasn't, the expectations were not met because I didn't realize, firstly, the only person who really cared about my weight was me, was me. You know, the only person who really gave a shit that I was obese was me, but I was like, that's why my business isn't successful. That's why I'm single. That's why I lost weight. I think I'm a good looking guy, still single. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dating dating is hard uh, no matter what you look like. Um, finding somebody that you want to like spend your time with is hard no matter what you look like. Um, you know, there's definitely my like inner fat boy self-doubt insecurities are inside of me. I just started working with a therapist hoping that we can get to the core of some of that and heal some of that. <laughs> but um, uh but, you know, listing pitches still intimidate me, even after being on TV, even after all of my success stories. People are like, how do I get my first one? I'm like, the same way you get your thousandth one by just showing up and doing your best. Yeah. And I, um, you know, there was like in like the dark times over the last few months, there's been times when I'm like, oh, God, there's like almost part of me that's like romanticized what my life was like back then. You know, when I was like, it was just simpler. It was like, it was easier and, you know, I cared a lot less and, and you're right. I project this image of an amazing life and amazing success. And I've definitely faked that a lot. You know, like I keep posting these, these like funny stories right now of like what it's been like and what I'm going through. And I'm trying to have a good sense of humor about it all, but 
you know, I like quickly record the video trying to be like, I'm fine. I'm Tyler. Like, aren't I, you know, and then, you know, and then a lot of times I crawl in bed and I just lay there and I'm not like crying that kind of depressed. I'm stuck in my thoughts, you know, stuck in like the worry and, um, just like all the fear and doubt and like all of that. And it's like, how do I get out of that? You know? And like, that's, I always have it. The, the recipe is simple. Like getting out of a funk, the recipe is simple. You don't even have to go to the grocery store to get the ingredients. Like, you know, and, but for some reason I couldn't bring myself to do them. And then the last few days, you know, I've got my sleep schedule back in order. Sleep schedule is sleeping is critical critical it's critical and, and the older you get the the more challenging it is and the more critical it is because if you didn't sleep well it's difficult to get your mind like just just get clarity it's very difficult yeah and i went through like i've never struggled with sleeping but i went through this bout of insomnia last week and i just had many sleepless nights in a row and um and thank god that's back on track the last few days I hope that sticks because you know I was able to wake up do I I can't be physical which is like I think the other part it was like well if I can't do all of it then it doesn't make sense to do any of it because if I can't work out you know but like that's when you're in that space that's what that's the story in the brain and so I woke up I did uh, my gratitude list Writing is actually really helpful for me. Truly just a brain dump of getting my thoughts and my feelings out on paper. And then I can read it and it's easier for me to like either validate or invalidate what I'm just like, okay, like, honey, you're being a drama queen. Like, like, look at what your thoughts are doing to you. Don't say that to yourself. The stop that. Well, or I read it and I'm like, but you're not being a drama queen. The thoughts are. (laughs) So really let's kind of think through how do we put that in perspective? Well, like I'm, my, I'm getting out these negative thoughts. I'm getting out these thoughts that are, are not, I'm, I'm eradicating the thoughts that are the roadblock to my path of healing. Right. So let's think through it that way because what I don't, you know, I'm, I'm all about like, Oh, let's not talk about limited beliefs. Let's talk about unlimited beliefs mm-hmm. because limited is the negative. Right. So it's not the drama queen thoughts. It's really like, okay, so let me eradicate the thoughts that are the roadblock to my path. I agree with that. Fully agree with that. And I guess I see what you're saying because where I was about to lead with it is like, for me, you know, our thoughts are crazy. And like most of the time they're completely invalid. You know, they, they don't make sense. They're not true. Um, it's usually some sort of worst case scenario that we've worked up in our head and ruminated on as if it already happened. And what we're really thinking about is something that could happen as a result. And it usually doesn't. Could it? Maybe. But for me, whenever like I dump it out and I write it. So when I'm thinking about it is when it feels real. Yeah. When I'm reading it, I can see the I can see that it's invalid. Yeah. And so I think you're right. Like putting it out there, getting it out of my head and on the paper. But then having that final moment, and I guess I see what you're saying, maybe don't call myself a drama queen, but being able to see that that thought is not, you know, is not a realistic thought, you know, is not, is not true. And for me, calling it something, giving it a name, giving it, uh, allows me to disidentify with it. And also the next time that thought creeps in, I'm like, I already handled you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I'm like, that's, that's my inner drama queen. You're not invited to this party. And, um, and it's, and it sounds hokey, but those kind of things really, really work for me. And, and I've had some really powerful writing moments, um, meditating. Do you meditate? I do. I meditate. I, uh, first thing in the morning, uh, typically on my deck is when I do all of my, um, you know, before I wake up, I, you know, thank God, thank my mother. Um, I lay there and I go through in my head and verbally what I'm grateful for. Um, so a couple of things. Um, 
you inspired a video that I did when you said to me, my name is Tyler Whitman and amazing things happen to me. And I literally stopped that very second and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I needed that. And I told the story, and I don't know if I shared this with you, and if I did, maybe I did, I can't remember. I told the story about, like, I remember where I was at Lake Colony. And I remember sitting in that chair and just holding my head in my hands and just sobbing. And Lucas comes to me, and he's like, Mom, what what is going on? And I said, everybody thinks I'm this great businesswoman. I'm this badass real estate agent. And I'm so stupid. Here is this, 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 how in the world was I married and didn't see what was going on? How did I, how was I so stupid? I'm so stupid I can everybody thinks I'm so amazing and I'm so stupid and Lucas said to me stop that right now and he says to me he goes you weren't stupid he goes you loved somebody with all of your heart and you trusted them the fact that that person took advantage of you That doesn't make you stupid. It makes you honest. And I remember he said to me, he knew from the beginning that you were too good for him. So he protected himself because he knew the day would come and you would figure it out. And I was like, oh, wow. And... That was the first part. And then shortly thereafter, you made the comment. My name is Tyler Whitman, and only amazing things happen to me. And so I did this video, and I talked about that story with Lucas and how I would say to myself, I was so stupid. And that was me talking mean to myself. Mm-hmm. And So that's why I say I don't want you to say that to yourself because I don't want you to have those thoughts in your head. Like you always tell me, my name is Tyler Whitman and amazing things happen to me. My name is Tyler Whitman. I am a man of action. And my name is Tyler Whitman. And the world's going to know know my my name. name. And that's the thing is like I want you to stay in that no matter what. I also think that clarity and certainty Create confidence. And when you are very clear about who you are and what you are and where you are going, you can get there. That fake it till you make it, that is bullshit. Mm -hmm. It is face it till you make it. Yeah. Like, okay, this is the issue. Mm. What is the worst case scenario? This is, if, if I do this, this is the worst case scenario. This is the, can I live through that? I can live through it. Okay, let's go. Yeah. So that way, if the worst case scenario happens to me, I, I, I already, like, in my head. You've already processed I it. took that into consideration. When I made the decision, I took it into consideration. That's the worst case scenario. Okay, let's keep moving. Yep. And so, but it is with clarity and certainty. I, I, and, I t- and I tell people, everybody around me knows, I thrive with clarity and certainty. Tell me where you want to go. Tell me what you're trying to get to. Tell me, if, if it's bad, just let me know. No matter how bad it is, bad news doesn't get better with time. Mm-hmm. However bad it is, you tell me. And then that way I can figure out if I can get us from A to B. Totally. But if you're bullshitting me... I can't, I can't help you. I can't help you. Yeah. So that's the thing is like, if you tell me that you're trying to get to Florida and you're really trying to get to New York, you're going to waste a whole lot of time (laughs) with me trying to help you get to Florida when you're really trying to get to New York. Totally. So that's what I just, in my head, that's where I was going. So in your, 
Does Glenda get into funks? Oh my gosh, I do. You do? I do. Um, and you know who the best person to pull me out of a funk is usually my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually Victoria. Lucas, my son, is very uh, gentle, compassionate, loving. Like, he he wants to fix it and make me feel better about it and put it all back together. Victoria, she has none of that. <laughs> that that's not her that's not her deal. Her deal is her deal is uh very um she is straightforward and and she Victoria, she looks at the situation, she makes an assessment and she tells you exactly where you are. Like She's like, like I, I said to her, I said, um, the other day I got all whacked out and uh, she goes, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't call you back last night. And I'm like, no problem. I don't feel good. I don't want to talk right now. I'll call you later. And she's like, okay. So she gives me my time and then she texts me back. She goes, okay, I'm ready to talk to you now. Like you're ready. Tell me. And I'm, and, I, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to talk. And then she FaceTimes me cause she knows how to get around my calls forwarded but she and she also has my secret phone number but anyway so <laughs> she facetimes me and she's like oh, what's going on like okay so let's think through that and she just like victoria is such an in your face let's figure out what the problem is and let's get past it she does she's she's not letting you stay there right so i i have a quick recovery and my mom kind of trained me because i think my mom knew that she wasn't I mean, she was 44 when I was 43 when I was born. So she knew that her time was limited. And I, and she really equipped me to, um, like self-sufficient. And so she would always let me get upset, but she always was like, okay, what are we going to do to fix it? Like, where are we going? And so sure that I think that that's why I say, okay, where are we going next? Cause my mom used to always say to me, okay, pumpkin, where are we going? Like you had your pity party, pity party. Let's go. Yeah. So I just think that I, I, you can't stay. I, I, I typically don't stay in it. Um, I'm sad for a little bit or I'm, I used to get really like angry. I had like, I was like a door slammer. <laughs> and I used to get really, I used to get angry and throw stuff and I haven't slammed a door or thrown anything or had my head spin around and snot flat on my nose in years, Yeah, years, years. In fact, I would say the last time that that happened was probably Christmas Eve of 2019. I got very upset and I literally was like, this is not you. This in in it and it I, I was upset with my husband, and I, literally when that happened, I was like, "This is not who you are anymore." Like, stop, Glenda. Yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, I don't. You know, like I I agree with that. I don't really get mad. Anger's never really been like an emotion that I deal because like usually if somebody pisses me off, I'm very quick to be like, "That's not my problem. I didn't do anything here." No. And so Tyler, you're you're uh your uh wounds are self-inflicted mm-hmm. totally you you don't you don't get upset with other people you get you you are mean to yourself you get upset with yourself yeah and and you know i mean you're young you're 37 years old um and as you age you'll realize that's not doing you any good i i, I don't want to say it like oh you're such a kid like you don't get it but it's I've gotten better you you have but it just better it just you can't take it out on you you can't you can't bear that cross just can't well you know the I love working on myself mentally right like um, me too and like I I love doing that work and like learning things and then putting it into action in like yeah. new situations, I I, I thrive on it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I got a new tool in my tool belt. Yeah, like, you know, one more way you can't fuck with me. Right. And 
And I think that's why like this particular thing, because like I've gotten up from each individual thing yeah. that has happened to me and like pretty quickly, like the car accident I was laughing about like two days later and was like super grateful that I didn't get injured. And you know, the, the horse accident, I could have died. Like that, that, or I could have been, I could have been paralyzed. I mean, there are so many dangerous horse accidents. And if you watch the video, I land on my neck and that horse jumps right on me. And you know, it's like, uh, it could have been way worse than something that I'll be done with in two months. Right. And, and it's easy for me to check in with that. You know, when there's like a long string of them, there is like this, it's like this undercurrent in me that's dealing with some fear and it was funny this morning, I literally wrote down about, um, my, like the, the thoughts I was putting out on paper were all fear-based. Yeah. And I, I started to learn that I'm like, okay, it's just fear that's fucking me up right now. And you're the, when my mom was here, I, I owe her an apology. I was so short with her. You know, she was like trying to engage, trying to at least make a mother son trip out of it. And, um, and it had just happened. You were in no mood for that. I was in no mood for it. I originally told her not to come. And it was the next morning when I woke up. I was like, oh, I'm going to need help. I was like, I didn't realize those painkillers were doing a trick on me yesterday. Today, I'm going to need some help. And she did. She got on a plane. She flew right down. And mom was here. And and I think happy to be here. You know, she loves playing mom. And, you know, and... And I locked myself in my bedroom a lot of the time, just like laying there. And um, uh, we were spending time together and she would just try to like engage in a conversation. And I was just short. And I was like, I don't want to talk about that right now. I don't want to talk about that right now. And um, and she would ask me, I think I was in like that, again, like our perception is our reality. She would ask me, I can't remember what she was asking. Oh, <laughs> I remember at one point she was like, she's like, so what do you do when your friends come here? And I know she was just asking out of curiosity, like, what do you guys do? And of course, in my head, I hear it as like, a, oh, you're not having fun. Like, you're not feeling entertained. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and like, that was because I was just in such a nasty head space. I yeah. think she, and like, so she was like, and I was like, why? I was like, what's up with all the, I remember at one point I was like, what's up with all the questions? And she was like, I'm just trying to have a conversation. Yeah. You're being very difficult to have a conversation with. So I'm just doing some like icebreakers and you're not participating. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. I mean, it's the thing. It's the truth. It is the truth. And you know, what's so funny is like my mom actually never fired back. She was like, I was just curious. Yeah. And like, let it go, you know? And like, um, you know, she's amazing like that, but having you here, and, you know, being a little bit more healed and having like some time removed and some time to like process this whole Florida experience. And of course I say it, I'm like, something else still could happen. <laughs> like, you know, like the I, day is young. <laughs> when I called you, um, you know. Were you afraid to come? Were you like, he's a bad luck charm right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, when I called you after the, after the accident, you or not this is before your mom got here Mm -hmm. and i call you and you're like who's gonna like who's gonna pack up the house how am i gonna get back to new york like and and you're going through like all of these all of these horrible things and i'm like is that really what you're asking me like who's gonna pack up the house how are you gonna get back to new york like hello like that's easy <laughs> ask know. me some tough questions like you know i mean I, I was literally like is is that really what he's focused on and so as bad as it may sound i was like oh okay great so all of the stuff he's worried about can be fixed in mm-hmm. in my head like i because i was prepared like right. i was prepared for the worst case scenario always. And I was like, I was like, so, so like, tell me like, what's going on? Like, what are you thinking? You know, what's in your head? And you're like, well, you know, this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and and in my head, I'm like, oh, this is great because what he's worried about, like I can help him fix. Like, Mm -hmm. like there are plenty of people that can get this fixed. Like there's no problem here. And so I just, I, you know, as bad as it sounds, I was like, oh, okay, great. At least I know what I'm walking into. 
And I remember, like I told Victoria, I said, I'm coming to, to Florida to, cause I want to spend some time with Tyler. And, uh, you know, cause I wasn't sure what I was walking into. And then when I got here, I was like, okay, yeah, I can make all this better. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm overestim- overestimating myself. No, no. I mean, it really already has. And the, I'm quickly, and this is like a shift that I'm slowly having over the last like 48 hours is like starting to see this whole experience as a gift. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and every single thing that has happened to me, whether it's to show me that I can do really hard things to send me a slice of humility that I probably needed, um, you know, a sense of what I'm truly capable of. And, um, you know, and I, and I think TikTok has heard me talking about me going through like hard times because of course I'm getting like a lot of like inspirational speeches. Yeah. And so I shared that one with you yesterday yeah. when it was like, God is anointing the, the, the people that are challenged most. And yeah. like, you got to pull that arrow back far before you right. can really shoot it forward. But there was one the other day and I'm going to play it for you afterward. I'm not going to play it on the actual podcast. But she was like, I don't like when people say I'm struggling. She's like, of course you're struggling. You're supposed to struggle. She's like, if you didn't struggle, good shit wouldn't feel good. It would just feel normal. That would just feel like how you're supposed to live. And she was like, hard shit is supposed to happen to you. Failure is supposed to happen to you. She's like, because that's what makes everything else so fucking great. And her example was, she was like, have you ever been sick? She's like, like really, really sick. And then all of a sudden it takes forever, but you get back to peak health and you have that moment, you're like, this is what I want to fucking feel like. Like, this is how I'm supposed to fucking feel. I don't ever think about my health when I feel good. But, you know, when, when I don't have my health, I'm like, give it back to me. Give it, like, I can't wait to have my shoulder back. I can't wait to have my leg back. I can't wait to be able to just, like, go walk my dogs down by the water, which is something that I've gotten used to doing every night. And now, like, that's not an option. <laughs> and so, you know, what I what I was thinking about was... I think that you were in your best physical condition. I was. And I would all I would argue that you were in your best mental condition of your life. I was. And let's change that. You are. Um and I think you know you've all you've been dished all of this at probably the one and only time that you could have handled it. Yeah. I mean, think about that because had you still been 400 pounds, had you still been drinking, drinking, had you still been drinking? drinking, Oh, I mean, we would, I would be fucked up around the clock right I, now. I am telling and you. And I'd probably be dead. I am telling you. Don't take this the wrong way. I'm not diminishing anything that you've been through. But thank the Lord that it was at this point in your life and not four years ago, five years ago, seven years ago. Mm. And on that note... I don't even think we need to answer a question. I think that we leave it right there because I want you to sit on that. I want you to think about that. When I'm not here, when nobody's here, I want you to go back and I want you to replay these words. You are in the best condition, the best position, the best health of your life. That is your armor. Amen.